hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Church Leadership Lab podcast, uh, where we get to have conversations that empower healthy churches. We're excited to bring another one of those to you today. My name is Scott, one of the hosts, and this is Casey, another host. Another host. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Hi, Scott. How's it going? Good. That was a weird way to say that. Um, No, it's okay. I'll change the subject and tell you something that has nothing to do with anything. Perfect. Uh, between recordings, I I was in such a good happy happy mood because it's like fall and nice, and I took the last sip of my coffee, yeah. which my parents just got back from Africa. Oh, cool! So this was Kenyan coffee. Ooh. It is the best coffee I've had in probably years, wow. and I just got really sad because it's gone. That's both awesome but sad too because. But there's more downstairs, oh, so okay. it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were like, it's gone. Like, that's the last that we have. That's One not cup, like that was not it. like I got to go fill up the cup again. <laughs> yeah, I have to walk all the way down my stairs. Yeah, I thought you had to go back to Kenya to get more. Me. You're like, no, I just downstairs. Well, probably in like three more pots, it will be a gone, gone, but right in it. But anyway, they, my dad's a pastor, and they are um, helping this company that builds – wells to have clean, safe water. And they brought back the most delicious coffee and I'll get a refill. It'll be fine. Cool. Well, today we have a conversation um, that we got to have with Mark Crane. Uh, Mark Crane uh, is actually a teammate of ours. Uh, He's the operations enablement training and development manager uh, here at Ministry Brands. Uh, Mark is just such a wealth of knowledge. Uh, He has over a decade of experience in education, a half of which has been in service uh, to churches and and other organizations uh, here at Ministry Brands. Uh, He's also has an extensive background background in banking and finance uh, and has really used those two realms of knowledge uh, to kind of come together and work directly with churches to implement and improve their financial systems. Uh, Mark has a passion for process improvement and helping ministries become more efficient and effective in their operations. And that's what we talked about in this conversation. Uh, we really dove into how do you do a lot of a lot of those things that Mark has spent years teaching and training churches how to do, we kind of unpacked and looked at. Uh, and so it was uh, a great conversation uh, and I'm excited for you to listen. So uh, enjoy this uh, episode, this conversation with Mark Crane. Well, Mark, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, uh, to yeah, to chat. And, uh, and I'd love to start with this. All right, we ask every guest this. There's the public bio, right? Or the speaker bio or what's going on in the back of the book or whatever. But there's always something that doesn't make that, that all your friends and family would know about you. So <laughs> yeah. what is that for you? So my first time in the newspaper was um, as the head of the dragon of a Chinese New Year parade when I was in elementary school. Oh, nice. So I, my, you see my face through the opening of the dragon. It's just dumb. But yeah. <laughs> It's, it's one of those weird experiences as a kid. Just all of a sudden there's a camera in your face. And yeah. You get that picture taken of you. That's awesome. Now, yeah. what were what were you doing in the dragon? Was I was it? just the dragon. I was the head of the dragon. Okay. So, you know, the traditional parades, you have the, the, the head of the dragon, you have the people who are the body of the dragon yeah. kind of flying down the hallway. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was the one in the head for some strange reason, and there I was. Famous now. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> my claim to fame. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, we're going to we're gonna talk about all things um, accounting, financials, um, and 
and really, uh, ultimately, what it looks like to be good stewards of resources sure. for churches. You've spent a long time working with churches when it I've comes to done a thing or two. Yeah, yeah when it comes to um, all of this, you know, financials and, and accounting and all of that. What are some mistakes that you've seen? So maybe some common mistakes that you've seen churches make when it comes to um, financials. So two things really come to mind. The first one would be that you isolate the one person who does all of it. Mm. So you become very reliant on one person to tell you how your financials your financials are working. Yeah. And that's fine. But you're also then completely beholden to that person and them doing it correctly all the time and them being on the up and up at all times. Because we all go through bad experiences in life and yeah. that's where when that starts to happen and somebody's having financial issues that's where people start skimming off the top. And mm. unfortunately in churches, we experience it all the time. Yeah. We're very trusting, loving people. And we're going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but it makes us targets as well. Yeah. So leaving one person wholly unchecked in that role is a, a mistake we see pretty common. Yeah. Um, well, and just real quick yeah, on yeah, that yeah. too, I got to imagine also what happens if something happens to that person? I mean, obviously God forbid, but you know, if, I would, the, people always use the analogy to get hit by a bus, right? Sure. Or something like that. But there's, yeah, there's so much that you're putting on a, a single person that if that goes wrong, I don't know. I've, really I've literally wrong. had that scenario occur. One wow. of my very first customers I worked with, that happened to them. Uh, there was somebody hired in to become the the uh, membership head, and then the person who was doing the the um, the financial side had a stroke. Wow. Gone like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was one person who had been with the church for like three weeks and now they had to run everything. Wow. It happens. Yeah. And when you isolate someone into that role, they're the only one that, that knows it, the only one that understands it. It become it can become a big problem overnight. Yeah, yeah. So, so what else? I, I know I'd, I'd cut you out there, but the kind of having it all rely on one person. What are some other things you've seen? Yeah, so that, that one is the biggie. The other one yeah. is that... Um, you know, you become very compartmentalized where no one understands where you stand financially. Mm. So it, particularly if you start getting customized reports that are coming out, well, if they're not coming directly out of your financial system, the chances are higher they've been altered. Mm. So when that starts to happen, now that can be beneficial for like, you know, your annual report to your members. Sure. To, con you know, really slim things down, trim things down and make it understandable for them. But if that's what you're getting every month, yeah. again, that's a huge red flag. So you want to use it, particularly in whatever accounting software, if you're using ours, for example, you want to use the stock reports that are there because there's really no hiding from it. Okay. Um, somebody can go in and just say, run this report, show me everything. Yeah. And the system's going to just return to you everything that it knows. Now, yeah. Does that mean it knows everything? No, it doesn't. But that's where not isolating that one person comes into play. Yeah. So now you have a check behind it, and you're using the stock reports that the system is creating. Yeah. Anytime you get into custom things, while they can be nice on some occasions, that shouldn't be the norm okay. that you're doing that. Yeah, that's really good. Now, <clears throat> I know that, that churches are always kind of looking at, okay, these are the resources that we have. How can we steward them? And especially as things happen with the economy or there's fluctuation or, or all of that, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's not, hey, we, we need more resources, but it's this is what we have. How can we steward it well? 
What have you seen as far as some, some really good best practices, things that churches can do to increase that stewardship of their resources? So number one, in order to grow your finances, to be able to, you know, to have more to be stewards of, you have to ask. Mm. If you're not asking your members for financial support, they're not liable to give it to you. We've seen this in the last few years as things get tighter and tighter for your members. Yeah. Th- their ability to give goes down. Yeah. So if you're not communicating with them about their giving and what their plans are, you're in the dark. The way that you can combat that is I suggest to a lot of churches to adopt zero-based budgeting. Okay. Take everything down to zero every year and justify every expense every single year. Yeah. But also make sure you're asking your members about what they're going to contribute because that's a big part of it. If yeah. you don't have the money to fund what you want to do, you have to start looking and making cuts because right. it has to be an ongoing concern. Churches all over the country are closing. Yeah. And a lot of them are closing with a few hundred members still, but they didn't cut their expenses enough. Now they're in such a deep hole they can't get out and they're, you know, they have to sell their building in order to make everything whole. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the, I think, the like again, it comes down to just like, I think it's honoring to those who have given that you steward that Certainly. well. Um, but then it also enables that for future ministry. And that's the goal. I mean, nobody's planting a church to have it last for two years. Sure. <laughs> right. But y'all should, shouldn't be planting a church in order to just pay your pastor. Totally. You know, the, the pastor is the one who, you know, in, you know, interprets the word to some degree. They're not the one who's the, necessarily the figurehead of the church. The church is much more wide-ranging with that. I've had multiple conversations this week about you know, churches that do all of these missions things, even locally, yeah. but they invest a lot of time and money and effort into it. That's a lot of what your church is about. So if a ton of your money is being consumed by administrative things, you really need to take a look at that because that's going to impact you long term. Now, should you still be paying your people? Of course. Yeah. But if you're just scraping by enough to just pay your people, that's not going to be an attractive church for someone coming in from the outside yeah. to say, oh, this is a place I want to be. What all are we doing? Well, we, we can only really afford just to pay our people. And we've actually had to cut back. And some people are now part-time that were full-time before. Yeah. They're like, I don't know that this is going to be the church for me because I don't know if it's going to be here in three years. Yeah. And that that's a thing. Like the the oftentimes ministry does take resource. So mm-hmm. if you want to do certain things, like you have to have that, but, um, yeah, it's just so, it's just so important to keep the first things, the first things. Sure. And, um, as opposed to kind of creating that where it's like now, yeah, most right. of this is going to admin or to pay salaries and, um, you know, that could be a, a tough spot. So. Yeah. Or, or debt even. So, you know, some very large churches, yeah. they overbuild and, you know, they take the build it and they will come approach. Well, yeah. Got the fundamentals of the church is not necessarily that. It's about the word and the message that's coming out of your church. Yeah. So you can build these grand facilities, but if you can't financially support them, they can be the end of your church. Yeah. So it's it's about being right sized at all times. Now you don't want to do nine expansions over the course of ten <laughs> years in order to float your population. Yeah. But the ways you mitigate that are say, okay, instead of expanding, we just need to, you know, let's do a third service. Let's yeah. start offering a Wednesday night service. Let's start doing a Sunday night service. You use these alternate ways to still get more people in the door, maybe not at the time they expected, yeah. but with the same message they expected. Yeah. Now, what have you seen for the way that things like recurring giving, online giving, digital tools, like how that affects, especially probably the ability to look at a year and to look at, you know, what you have coming up. Um, how have you seen that affect people being able to steward resources better? 
So one of the hidden benefits of online giving is recurring giving. Yeah. For no other reason than generally in giving history, you see, you know, these peaks and troughs. Yeah. You know, we're, it's July right now, so we would be in a trough of giving traditionally. But with recurring giving, it doesn't matter whether they're gone to Florida for the month or they've gone overseas or, you know, just their kids are home, so they're doing more stuff with their kids on the weekend, so they're not coming to church. Yeah. Giving remains constant. So even if they give 10% less, you're not having to wait on it to come in. Mm. You're now able to more accurately project what your income is going to be. And there are a lot of churches that are moving in the direction of they're just budgeting based off what their recurring giving is. Oh wow! Anything else is bonus. Yeah. So they can do other things with it. But if yeah. you budget based upon what you're relatively sure you're going to get, yeah. which is this old model that, you know, Catholics love, which is called you know, pledges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this isn't a pledge. This is actual giving coming in. So it's yeah. a little different of an animal, uh, but it's the same basic concept. You're, you're budgeting based on what you know, theoretically know you're going to get. Yeah. And then everything else is, is cake on top. And now you can do more things than you expect. You're, so you're budgeting at the low end for expenditures. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that recurring piece that... Um you know, I've joked before, it's like automatic faithfulness. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just one of those things that, and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, like how do you increase stewardship? Well, first of all, do you ask, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same can be said about some of that digital adoption and seeing people jump onto that. Like, have you explained the benefits? Have you said, here's why this works really well? Here's sure. why this is better both for you and for the church. I think that that's a piece as well. Like, are you clearly communicating that to your people? Yeah. It, and I know a lot of pastors I've talked to in the past, they're, they, they're really scared of feeling like they're always pushing for money. Sure. Well, it's not pushing for money unless you're saying, well, we need money for this and we need money for this and we need money for this. It's no, you know, your, your faithfulness is appreciated. We welcome your gifts. We have multiple different ways that you can do so. Yeah. And if you would like to do so on a recurring basis, we can facilitate that for you yeah. to make it as easy as possible for you to financially support the church. While also saying, if you can't financially support the church, here's all the different ways that you can volunteer. Here's right. all the different ways that you can serve. When, when you focus on money, it's all anyone thinks about. But giving is not necessarily money. It's yeah. a big part of it, right. of course, because it's keeping the lights on. But there are those who can't give, and making sure that they understand money is not expected. Mm. Volunteering is not expected, but some form of contribution to your church is yeah. expected. Yeah, being a part of the, the, the body there, the family yes. there. Yeah, 100%. Now, let's talk a little bit about the the tools that people are using to do their accounting sure um i think my my question is does it matter obviously it matters what you use but i know that there's a lot of options out there sure um what what are some reasons that somebody should go with something either creative for the church versus well this is just accounting software that i know because i've used it in work before or you know that that sort of thing so there's quite a few different reasons, but I'll, I'll try and highlight a couple. You know, one of the most basic ones is payroll. Yeah. Pastors have a specialty payroll scenario. Yeah. They're very special. Um, and some more off-the-shelf turnkey products that just exist for business usages don't even factor that in as a concept. They're like, wait, there are people who get paid that don't have to have taxes withheld and they've opted out of social security. And yeah. it's like, yes, those are things. That's a real you thing. You do have <laughs> to account for that. Yeah. So, you know, and 
the more that you get away from having an actual, you know, CPA certified nonprofit church focused accountant on staff. Yeah. They're hard to find, number one. They are. So yeah. it's hard to make sure there's one on every staff of every church in the country. Then you need some sort of platform that knows the rules. Yeah. That can guide you that direction and has the support behind it to say, oh, I know you're trying to accomplish this. If you go here and click this, this accounts for that scenario. Yeah. So that's a biggie. The other is, it, it is what you're doing focused on the nonprofit space, and does it? Do you have an understanding of what it means to be not just a church, but a nonprofit? Right. Um, we're going to talk a lot of this about uh, a lot about this in our our presentation that we're doing with uh, with the Christian Community Credit Union. Yep. Yeah. Um, that there there are things to consider on the lending side when you're talking to a bank for when you do want to expand that are inherent to churches yeah. that a lot of others don't understand. Well, if your financial software is set up in such a way that it understands that at a basic level and you're able to produce these reports out with minimal effort, you just kind of click and they run, Yeah, all of a sudden it makes that process easier for you Totally. than something that doesn't understand, use a nonprofit, use a faith-based organization, and the verbiage that they're using is all wrong. and doesn't know how to account for the 85 different directed donation funds that yeah. you may have in your church. <laughs> well, yeah, and there, there is, there's so many things that are unique about ministry, period, right? Mm-hmm. Like even when you step further out from financials, um, that it makes sense to have resources specifically created. I mean, think about like a church management software. You know, mm-hmm. I've, had, I've heard people say like, you just use a, you know, a CRM or something. Or, sure. And it's like, well, theoretically, could you? Sure, yeah. but using the tool that's made for the job can make all the difference in in the efficiency, effectiveness, ability to do the job. I mean, all of it. Absolutely, something that understands what you know. What's your church process? Yeah, you know, that that an onboarding process or a prospecting tool that businesses use versus an onboarding process for a new member in the communications that are needed are yeah. wholly different. Totally. Yeah. Can you square peg round hole? Absolutely you can. Yeah. It's just how much brain power do you want to put into it? Yeah. Um, so can you get there? Yeah. Should you have to do all of that to get there? Not with as many tools as there are that are available. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, one, one thing that we ask everybody as well, um, you know, our goal in the, all these conversations is to help empower healthy churches. Uh, mm-hmm. So we like to ask everybody, uh, what, in your, in your opinion, what's one essential component of a healthy church? Knowing that a church has two pieces. Mm. Your church is primarily a ministry organization, but your church is a business as well. Mm. So if you do not have anyone around who understands business as a concept, it's putting your ministry in danger. Mm. So a, a healthy church has people around who understand the business side of things. Yeah. It is a business. You do, ha- you do have to have income. You do have expenses. Yeah. You do have to budget for things. There is a business component to it. Yeah. And if you don't have that around, it is really going to be a struggle to not just thrive, but even survive. Yeah. Well, and like we said, like it can, it can actually hurt than the ministry you want to do. Absolutely. Because that's just kind of the reality of the world that we live in right now. So hundred percent. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. All right. We have our last little section. There are final five. Sure. It's be rapid fire. Okay. You All ready? right. First one, uh, one book that you'd recommend to church leaders. Well, I would say the Bible, but you should be reading that already. Yes. Let's assume that one. <laughs> Let's assume that one. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I would say how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. An understanding of how human psychology works. Yeah. Because not only on the ministry side do you need to understand that and be able to identify people's problems and how to, to empathize with them, but on the business side of things as well, how to develop a good team mm. that works together to meet all of the goals of the church. Yeah. So, you know, leadership books are are great, even from the secular space. And you may, you know, read some things you don't necessarily want to read. Sure. But it's coming from a place of trying to grow you as a leader um, in your in your church organization. Yeah. Um, you, you can bring in all the stuff you need to bring in, but there are a lot of great thinkers, and that's a classic book that's been around for a hundred or more years. Yeah. They can really help with that. That's awesome. All right, what's the last thing you listened to? The last thing I listened to uh, last night would probably have been um, a a sermon from Alistair Begg. Okay, um, nice. Don't re- remember the specific name, but I do my best to listen to sermons from lots of different pastors all over the country and all over the world. That's kind of what I do in my free time. Nice. Yeah, yeah. awesome. All right, what's your favorite piece of technology? You can't, or the only rule is you can't see your phone because <laughs> it's, everyone says their phone because it's amazing to have a computer in your pocket. But <laughs> Yeah. Who doesn't want a computer in their pocket? Oh, wait, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have to say my favorite piece of technology if, we're, if you want to be really literal with it, we can say the wheel, but... Yeah, um, that's done yeah, a lot. <laughs> in, in, in modern technology, I would have to say the smartwatch. Yeah. Um, just the, the ability to keep track of so many different things. I don't have to have my phone out. I can yeah. get the alerts and I can say, okay, is this important or not? But it's also tracking my own health statistics. You know, you know am, I, am I making good choices today? Yeah, yeah. It can help me with that. Yeah, it is, it is wild what those can do and what they'll continue to progress to be able to do. Sure. So. Um, all right. What is a quote or a piece of advice that you've heard previously that's just kind of stuck with you? Uh, you know, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Mm. That cl- classic quote. Um, yeah. it, it's it's so true. You, the only time you lose is when you stop. Yeah. Um, you can read the writing on the wall. It's like, okay, I'm heading the wrong direction, but that just means a course correction. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Just but by giving up, you've stopped completely. Yeah, that's good. So Jim Valvano. Nice. All right, last one. Um, what's one thing you'd like to communicate to our audience of church leaders? You're not alone. Mm. Um, it can be very lonely in the world these days, particularly if you're a church that is adjusted to our new world and a lot of your folks are working from home more. You as a, as a church leader may walk into your building on a Tuesday afternoon and there's no one there. Yeah. And you're going in to write your sermon in silence in a building where most of the lights aren't even on. Yeah. You're not alone in it. Um, it, it certainly can feel that way. So developing relationships with not only pastors who are working and other ministry leaders who are working within your own denominations, your own faiths, um, but locally as well that are coming from completely different backgrounds. Yeah. Generally, they all have the same goal in mind. They're all trying to grow the kingdom. Yeah. They may be going about it in different ways, but it also will help give you a better understanding of your community at large, mm. not just the community of people that are walking in your doors every week. It right. really helps expose you to your broader community and what people's concerns really are. Yeah, no, that's good. It's really good. Well, I appreciate your time and the wisdom yeah. that you shared. I know that yeah, you have a lot of years of um, 
uh, helping churches, serving them, working uh, with them in this. And so we appreciate you sharing that with our My audience. Um, and yeah, we appreciate those of you listening, watching. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, we would love for you to leave a comment, subscribe, review all the podcast things. And uh, it helps us to bring more conversations that help empower healthy churches. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. This episode of the Church Leadership Lab podcast is brought to you by Ministry Brands, the largest provider of church technology software. Over 90,000 churches rely on Ministry Brands for their single platform solution that brings together all the digital tools a church needs. From online giving to websites to church management software and more, Ministry Brands is leading the way in simple to use, innovative solutions all with the goal of empowering healthy churches. To learn more, visit ministrybrands.com.